Hey, everybody, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who have gone through absolute caca give you advice on getting to the other side of yours. Today, I am so happy to be here with my fellow Los Angeles citizen, Casey Killian. Thank you so much for being here, Casey, and welcome. Thank you. So fun to be here. It is my pleasure. So Casey, give us an introduction, please. Who are you? Where are you from? I already said where you're from and what keeps you busy during the day. Um, I'm Casey Killian. I grew up all over the place, but I have lived in Los Angeles longer than I've lived anywhere else at this point. So it's, it is home no matter what I want. And um, I'm an actor, I'm a comedian, but I'm also a writer. I'm a screenwriter and I'm writing my first novel right now, which has been fun, but I'm also a badass copywriter and editor and I make most of my money doing those things for right now. Awesome, awesome. That is a lot of things you are. I love it, absolutely love it. So Casey, as you know, this is a podcast by and for women who've gone through some really raunchy stuff. Would you summarize for us what you went through and what was the worst part? Sure. Um, on my 31st birthday, I was diagnosed with colon cancer um, and they found it accidentally. They found it during a routine appendectomy, which was neat because I went in for surgery thinking like, I'll be out of the hospital in a couple of days. Like, thank God my pain will be over. And then I was like, oh my God, now I have cancer. Um, and the worst part of that was um, probably because of the way that they found it. It wasn't like a normal normal way to find cancer. I, I was like completely uh, asymptomatic for cancer. Um, so they hadn't been like looking for that. And luckily they did find it, but because of that, they didn't know type and stage just because it was in my colon doesn't necessarily mean it was colon cancer if it had spread from somewhere else and blah, 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 blah. Um, or if it had spread to somewhere else. So they couldn't type and stage it. So they didn't, they weren't able to give me a prognosis. So it was like, happy birthday, you have cancer. I don't know anything else though. And I was like, what? Wow. So just kind of being in that free fall with like nothing to hold on to. And like, we couldn't establish a plan either until we could type and stage it. So it was um, just being in that free fall with no, nothing firm to hold on to was the absolute worst part. And also the fact that I have a crippling fear of dying was not great for that either. <laughs> wow. Oh my gosh. What a perfect storm. How long did you have to wait in that period of time before it was, it was typing? Weeks. It was weeks. I had to have um, more procedures. I had to have a PET CT to check from the neck down the rest of my body to see if I had cancer anywhere else to see if there had been spread. I also had um, a colonoscopy to check the rest of my colon, which happened to be clear. Both of those were clear, um, except for a cyst that they also track on my on my kidney. It's a renal cyst. And then um, I had to do another, I did another surgery to take the rest of that half of my colon to harvest lymph nodes to see if there was lymphatic spread, which is so fun. And um, luckily there wasn't. So it was as bad of stage two as stage two can be without becoming stage three. So um, then we, once we could, once we established that, then we were able to put together a, a treatment plan and I did six months of oral chemo and so fun. So fun. So fun. I mean, just absolute caca. You know, sometimes, yeah. I mean, what I like to say sometimes on this podcast is like, sometimes things just absolutely positively suck. And you just yeah. like, and you just, you know, I mean, you just have to say it. I mean, it can almost bring some relief to actually say it. Like we're, we're kind of yeah. trained to look on the bright side. Like sometimes there's no freaking bright side. And I was, um, it was nine months after I'd gotten married, I think nine. 
So we were in the first year of our marriage and um, I was also dealing with when we, when we didn't know the type and stage yet, I was still, I was just like crying all the time thinking I just married this guy and now I'm going to like leave him a widow or widower. Is it widower or widow when it's a dude, whatever. Yeah. The dude's Um, a widower. (laughs) Okay. So now I'm going to leave a cheery subject, cheery thing to know. Uh, But that was one of the, that was one of the darkest things about it for me. There was my own mortality that was obviously really scary, but um, the fact that we had just gotten married and now I'm like, I didn't know if I was going to die and just like, so that was horrible. Yeah. Would tell us where you are now. What, what's the status now? Um, so they, they keep a really watchful eye on me, but I should be cancer free, um, which is great. Uh, they do watch a cyst that I have on my kidney. Like I said, I also um, found a lump recently because I do, I'm really crazy careful with my diet. And I'm also, and, and I'm just trying to never get any type of cancer. So I cut out like soy and dairy, even though they have nothing to do with my kind of cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I cut out all these things, gluten, sugar, bleh, like all these things for my diet, but I'm also really good about doing self breast exams. And I found a lump and a couple of months ago and, um, obviously scared the crap out of me. Yeah. And, um, I went in and luckily the breast surgeon thinks that it's probably nothing. So we're just following that too. But everything, like I get blood tests normally with my oncologist. So every, it's still like a, an every second part of my life. Um, but I just, I'm able to look at it differently now, now that it's, now that I've shifted perspective on it. And yeah. So. And yeah. I think it's so important what you're saying, like you're able to look at it differently and that the perspective has shifted because yeah. I mean, I think, what I'm finding and also what I'm finding in talking with other guests is that when there's something physical going on, whether it's, uh, whether it's an illness or an injury, but in particularly life-threatening illnesses, that there's a physical aspect to it and the medical aspect to it. And there's also such an emotional aspect to it. Yeah. When you were talking about the fear, you know, having that crippling fear. Yeah. My next question is to ask you is to talk about how strong you've been and what a warrior that you've been very obviously to get to that other side, but I don't want to make any assumptions about being on, on the other side, you know, and asking you, well, what's the, so let me put it this way. What is the best thing about being where you are now looking at going through cancer and being cancer free? Like what's the best thing about where you are now? Um, it's living you know, which is, it's such a cliche, silly thing to say, but like, to be totally honest, living, like getting to live. And it's not, I don't wake up every, everybody always is like, oh my God, did it totally change your perspective on things? And I'm like, Los Angeles has a lot of traffic. I still get real mad. (laughs) (laughs) I still get road rage. It's not like, oh my God, like I survived cancer. Like, ah, and I'm in my car just like blissed out in traffic. That's not, that's not real. But, um, but I will say that like I, um, I had, I had been doing jobs that were unfulfilling and weren't, um, propelling me forward in, in my passions. And I was, I had spent the last decade working in the entertainment industry, helping other people advance their careers, um, and doing very little to advance mine. And, um, and, and they were also not doing very much to advance mine. So it was like, why am I, why am I doing this? So, um, it's, I've taken so much more control, whatever that means, uh, over my life. And I try to only fill it with things that I'm passionate about that, um, that like 
that fill my cup, except doing dishes. I still have to do dishes because like real world, but, uh, and that does not fill my cup. <laughs> um, I hate dishes, but, um, I try to, I try to just fill my, my life and my time with the things that, that advance what I want out of whatever time I have here, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, that, um, that sounds like a really good attitude and a really good way to, a really good, good way to approach your present as well as to approach your future. That's really It good. also, honestly, cancer, like I've allowed cancer to be such a catalyst in my life um, for good, for, for positive change in my life. I got the healthiest I've ever been. I'm going to start a blog soon about that. Um, but I'm literally the, the healthiest I've ever been. And it's because I had cancer. Um, so it's it's just kind of about taking this thing that is <laughs> just caca, as you say, and um, and you know changing it into that diamond. You know, like taking taking the rough raw materials and seeing what you can do to make a positive shift in your life, whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's like it's also a, anytime you go through something really horrific, it's also it makes for an excellent excuse to like. When I tell people now I'm pursuing my acting and my screenwriting and my and my comedy, people aren't like, "Wow, do you think that's a good idea?" Like, no one has the has the cojones to say that to me because they're like, "What?" Like, well, she went through cancer. I guess like it's a cancer life crisis. Like, I guess, and it's that's not what it is. But like, if it means that I don't have to deal with other people's judgment about it, great, great. It's an excellent excuse to to pursue the life that I want. I love that. I love that. So I'm, what I'm discovering in, in having created this project, this podcast project, is that the finding that women who are brave warriors who have been through some tough stuff, they tend to travel in packs and find inspiration in each other. So I'm wondering from you, who are some folks that you know, women you know, who've gone through some real caca and should totally be on this podcast? Um, I know that you already have some of the names that I would say automatically, like uh, Carrie Murray is a big big, huge, uh, friend of mine. And she's not huge. She's a, she's a dear friend of mine. Sorry, my dog. Um, she's a dear friend of mine. Uh, and she's been through her own stuff, but I know that you already have her name. Um, there are a couple of other bra members and I'm not sure if you have the names of Bailey Hancock click and, um, Elizabeth Manitach. I, they both could, could, uh, fill your eight minutes real easily with, with caca they've been through. But I have a friend named Isabella who I want to talk about especially she was born HIV positive. Um, and when she was a child, she got childhood, uh, Burkitt non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which automatically upgraded her HIV status to full-blown AIDS. Um, and, and that's like more than, I mean, any, any of those things would have been more than most people could handle, but she's, she's like grown up with all of this and she's, um, She's a young woman now who is, she's an advocate for destigmatizing those living with HIV and AIDS. She is just this like powerhouse badass, to be honest. Like she's, and she pursues the things that fill her cup, which I love about her. She's, she fearlessly, she's an actor too. Um, and she just fearlessly, and she's writing now too. And she, she just fearlessly, fearlessly goes after the things that fill her cup. And I love that about her. And she has HIV and AIDS are um, both things that are obviously stigmatized um, in our culture, wrongfully so, and like it's surrounded by a whole lot of lack of education. Uh, people are just scared and they don't do anything to, to learn about it. But um, she, she takes that and she doesn't, she never hides it. She's, um, 
she uses it to educate other people and she uses the fact that she is this super sweet very charismatic like adorable just want to squeeze the crap out of her girl woman and and it's just like oh you know it if you have any stigma against it you can't meet isabella and hold on to that like you wouldn't be able to <laughs> so she's amazing i'm already a fan yeah. and i can't wait to talk to her yeah and we have come to, I can't wait to hear what you have to say about this. No pressure. Um, so <laughs> what is a piece of advice, Casey, that you would give to women who are going through absolute caca right now, whether it be cancer, illness, absolute trauma, tough stuff on how to get to the other side? Um, so I've sort of touched on some of it already, um, but this is, it's your one life to live. Um, love fully and all that you can and do what makes you happiest and uh, try to never be the a-hole in the situation. <laughs> Which is hard when you're going through, when you're going through your own trauma. It's, it's really yes. hard. There are it's moments hard where you not to be an asshole when you're going through yeah, trauma. And, and there, you're totally allowed to throw a pity party sometimes. Like, there's nothing saying that. And, and if it's cancer, I was really scared at the beginning um, that like, what if I wasn't strong enough to fight? What if I wasn't, um, you know, what if, what if there were moments that I was scared and that I didn't feel like I was fighting in that moment? Like, was that going to be the thing that deter, like, is that going to be the moment that mattered that is, that's going to like end my life because I didn't fight that one second because I was tired or I was scared or I was whatever. Um, you're allowed, you're allowed, you're allowed those, you're allowed fear, you're allowed pity, but it just, um, try to, try to channel as much as you can into using the time that you do have, whatever it is, whether, and whether it's cancer or whether it's a divorce or whether it's, um, bankruptcy, it doesn't matter, but like try to see if there is any good that can, that you can make come out of the situation. Um, and super, super, super important, surround yourself before before you go through stuff, if you can, if you're not there yet, uh, make sure that you surround yourself with epic support because I I have the best support system and I'm incredibly lucky. And any time that I didn't feel like I could fight, they were fighting for me, you know. Um, and that's so 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 important. When I stepped away from the jobs that I was doing before that were making me slightly more money to start uh, my business, being a copywriter and a copy editor, and then to focus on my acting and writing and comedy. My husband is like, yes, go do that. I believe in you. And that's just like I'm, my mind gets blown every single time. He's like, you're doing the most important thing that we're doing right now. And I'm like, what? So that's incredible. Um, always another thing that I've definitely learned to do uh, since cancer is to check out the things that you have resistance to. I'm not saying like if you have resistance to jumping off a bridge, that's a good thing to have resistance to. Don't do that. But like if there's something that you're that you're afraid of um like try to do it i i always try to check out the things i have resistance to and i always try to do the things that scare me and those two things are slightly different but um yes. check out the things you have resistance to and do the things that scare you it's not about being brave when i went through my cancer stuff everybody was always like oh my god you're so brave and i got so sick of hearing that because i did not feel brave i did not feel like a fearless knight charging into a cave to fight the dragon. That is not what I felt like. I was terrified all the time. But the thing that I took away from that was um, that I'm, 
I'm about living life with courage uh, because courage is feeling fear, feeling fear, but doing the thing anyway. And that's okay. You're allowed to feel fear. You're allowed to be scared. It's all of this is terrifying. It's scary. Um, but I got really frustrated with people calling me brave because that's not what I felt. I did not feel brave. Um, and it came down to me realizing that I, I was not fearless. I was not brave, but I had courage. I had courage to do the things that I needed to do. So you're allowed to be afraid, but do the things anyway, like do them anyway, you know? So those are my pieces of advice. Yeah. You know, I'm really, I'm fascinated by your perspective. I love what you're saying about, about, quit calling me brave. I don't feel that way. And I can relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. I mean, going through something where you're scared all the time, you don't know how you're going to get through it. Yeah. For, my, for myself, going through my yeah. own talk about, like, I didn't know how I was going to get through it. Totally. I definitely had some ideas, but then there were some times I didn't know if I was going to get through it. Right. So yes. I hear that, but I'm still going to push you and say, I think that you were, I think that you were, and I think that you are brave. <sighs> By agreeing with your definition, by agreeing with your definition of courage, and I, I don't know how courage and bravery are different. You and I are both editors and writers, so we could talk yeah. about this for the next two months, two, like the difference between the words. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think what, I think we're on the same page because what matters is, that's what bravery is, is being really vulnerable, being, being in the face of incredible amounts of fear. Yeah. And taking the next step and taking the yeah. next step anyway, because Cancer does beat people. Yeah. High conflict divorce does beat people. Like people yes. succumb to stuff. Yes. And then there are other people who don't succumb to stuff. So I'm, you know, I'm not trying to put us on some big pedestal. I'm just saying like, all right, I'm going to get off my soapbox. We and did I'm, the hard things though. We did the hard things. Doing some hard things. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I think that surviving something crazy, crazy difficult or two, three, four things happening. I've had guests on this podcast who go through like three versions of trauma all in six all months. Once, yeah. it's, in, it's, it's just, it's, yeah. it's nuts. Um, so I'll get to my last question. Thank you, by the way, for the advice that you gave. I love okay. the part about not being a total jerk. Sometimes it's yeah. okay, but like not the whole time. Yeah. And Don't use it as an excuse. <laughs> right. Don't use it as an excuse. It's my cancer and I'll cry if I want to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to say it's my cancer and I'll cry if I want to. But just try to come up for air sometimes and like do do what you want with your life. Sounds good. That sounds really good. Deal. Yeah. Deal. It's a deal. So since Casey, since we're all about being epic, if you could have any superpower other than the ones you already have, what would it be? Uh, is curing cancer a superpower? Um, no, Anything, I, any way you want to define it. Uh, curing cancer would be a cool superpower, but, um, self, like if I were going to be selfish about it, I would probably be immortal because I, I just want to like live this life forever. Mm. Yeah. That's probably what I do. But if, but if we're going like more reasonable, more likely superpower, I would choose curing cancer. I got it. Yeah. I would love for you to do that. Yeah. I'd love to do it for because I'm hopefully okay from now on, fingers crossed. So I'd love to, do, I have so many friends that are dealing with it now too and yeah. going through relapses and recurrences and stuff. And that's, it's, I would choose, I would choose that. Yeah. Cancer's a bitch. Yeah. It's yeah. so unfair. Yeah. So not cool. Yeah. So not, not cool. <laughs> so not, not cool. cool, cancer. Not cool. <laughs> so not hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stop trying to make cancer a thing. Seriously. Cool. 
Casey, thank you so much for being wow. a guest today. I would love to know where we can find you online. You're a writer, you're an actor, you're a comedian, you're so many things. Where would you yeah. like us to find you so we can follow you? Um, if you ever need copywriting or copy editing services, you can just email me directly at caseyalwayswrites at gmail.com. Okay. Um, I also, I have um, a website for my acting, which is just caseycameronkillian.com. Um, I'm about to be starting a blog, which will be healthy, happy, strong life. So you guys can find me there too. And I'm on Instagram with healthy, happy, strong life, uh, as well. And, um, Casey Cameron, Instagram is my, is my, uh, acting and comedy and stuff handle on Instagram. Okay, so we're going to go on Google and we're going to be like, chick who does everything and we're going to find you and we're going to follow yeah, you. Yeah, Renaissance woman that won't put down any of her passions. <laughs> Casey, that's it. <laughs> Ladies and gents, this is Nikki Bruno with Casey Killian on the Epic Comeback Podcast. If you're looking for more great ideas on how to stage an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience, please go to theepiccomeback.com.